Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Tuesday edition is here and big news uh, in college basketball and the sports world with some news that happened literally 30 to 45 minutes ago. Testimony in Tuscaloosa involving the uh, the shooting that killed a 23-year-old mother and involved Darius Miles, an Alabama basketball player. It involves others as well, including the potential top pick in the NBA draft and Brandon Miller and the best college basketball player uh, potential of him, the freshman from the Crimson Tide, who as of right now, they're not the number one team in the country. They're projected to be the number one seed uh, this past weekend. Chad, big news there with Brandon Miller, who, according to officer testimony today at the preliminary hearing, brought the gun that killed the 23-year-old mother. And he brought it at Miles' request. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, this is a bombshell of a story. That this is not. Look, someone lost their life in this whole thing, so that's the most important thing. Obviously, put that out there first. But from a sports perspective, not just a top program in Alabama that's got a chance to win the national championship. They could cut down the nets this March. They're that good. I think right now they're the best team in America. I think Brandon Miller's the best college basketball player in the country, regardless of class. I don't know that he's going to be the number one overall pick. Maybe he's the number two overall pick. He's going to be a top five draft pick. But now you throw this into the mix. When the Darius Miles story happened, and he was charged with murder, him and one of his friends, of a 23-year-old single mother, my initial thought was, boy, this is going to hurt Alabama basketball. It didn't. They kept rolling right along. Mm -hmm. They kept winning. They're still one of the best teams in the country. They've been destroying people on the basketball court all year. And now you have a police officer's testimony that Brandon Miller not only provided the gun, it was Darius Miles' gun, but he retrieved it for him, brought it to him. But the testimony goes on to say that both Brandon Miller and a teammate, Jaden Bradley, essentially provided a blockade to the victim's car. The Jeep that the victim was in was blocked in by Brandon Miller's car and another vehicle that they were driving at the time also. And then you add in what Nate Oates said, Hutton, well, after yeah. all of this. So uh, Nate Oates said Tuesday, I'm reading this from Alabama to AL.com, uh, Nate Oates said Tuesday that Miller is not in any trouble as a result of his alleged involvement. Quote, we knew about that. Can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. That from Alabama coach Nate Oates regarding Brandon Miller bringing the gun at Darius Miles' request to the scene. Asked by uh, AL.com why Miller was not charged, uh, the Tuscaloosa chief deputy said that, quote, it's... Not a question I can answer. There's nothing we could charge him with, according to the law. 
So he's not been charged with anything. This is straight testimony from law enforcement today at the preliminary hearing where um, Miles's mother is a longtime police officer, and they were asking for him to be released on bond because they are saying that the shooting happened in self-defense. Brandon Miller's car was also hit twice in the windshield, according to testimony in this. So, yes, this is a, a massive story, and the head coach of the Crimson Tide is saying, nothing, we're not doing anything with Brandon Miller, wrong place, wrong time, despite the fact that testimony clearly states that he brought the gun at the behest of Miles. I don't know how you can just say that it was wrong place, wrong time, and you know, kids are out. This is one of the dumber comments I've ever heard, and it's, it's going to go down very poorly. For NATO, yeah, this, this is just starting. Wrong place, wrong time. You know, we've got our YouTube chat saying he's probably cooperating. Brandon Miller is one of the reasons he's not being charged with anything in the case. I'm sure that's probably the case. Like you said, his mother being a police officer. Yeah, but the, the, the police deputy, chief deputy said that there's, there's nothing, nothing to charge, charge him with. with. You can't charge someone for handing someone their weapon and then that person well, kills someone. He, he, I guess is what they're saying because it's not weapon, his gun. He brought the weapon. But it's and, not his gun. It's, it's right, Miles. Right, and according to testimony, the... It was someone else that told uh, Miles and Davis, the two involved, Miles told Davis the heat is in the hat, meaning that the gun was there, and there's one in the head, and Culpepper, uh, the detective who was uh, testifying, he said that that meant the round was in the chamber, and then Miles moved his girlfriend back to get her out of the line of fire. But it was so, it was Miller who brought the gun. And also his car was blocking in the Jeep that got shot where the woman got right, killed. yeah. So, look, let's just let's walk through this from a logical standpoint. And let's take – it's a huge sports story because of who Alabama is right now and who this player is, okay? But take that out of it. it it's not a top team. It's any college basketball team. It's any college basketball player, not a top five overall pick and a, and a lottery pick and maybe the best player in the country. If one player is charged with murder with him and one of his friends where a 23-year-old woman lost her life – and then you later come to find out that another player retrieved the player's weapon that killed the woman and also was driving a car that blocked the woman in. And then another player was also there in that time. Should those players be allowed to attend that university or play basketball again? I believe the answer is unequivocally no. That You cannot, cannot have that. And if there's any adult at the University of Alabama I know how they handled the situation with a player swatting at a woman at Tennessee. It, they didn't handle it well. They decided to put bury their head in the sands and do nothing at Alabama. Nick Saban did nothing. This is far more egregious. What Jermaine Burton did and what this is is far more egregious. Capital murder charges. Someone lost their life. Capital murder. One player is being charged with it, and two teammates, by every bit of testimony, whether you can charge them with a crime or not, we're a part of this night. And there's nothing you can tell me. If someone comes to me and says, go retrieve my gun. I need my gun right now. And you hand them that gun in this moment and someone dies, I've done something wrong. If someone's telling me to get their gun and I know they're going to do something awful with that gun, I'm in part guilty also. And whether or not guilty by the letter of the law or not, they can't play for your university anymore. Yeah, at the very That's least. That's the only answer here. At the very least, you have to let the details come to the forefront of this before you make a decision on if he's playing or not. Meaning, like, I, I would sit him. I mean, it, But according to Nate Oates, they knew all about this, yeah, and he's, he's saying, saying he wrong knew. place, wrong time. So 
He can't here's, control everything everybody does outside of practice was part of his quote. Nobody, nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot, wrong time. Nate Oates. It's more than that. Nate Oates has buried his feet and put a line down in the sand. He's given you his answer on what should happen. Nothing. Why? Because Brandon Miller's going to help them possibly get to a Final Four. Let's really be honest about this. That's why nothing's happening. If he were the 12th player on that team, he would have been gone with Darius Miles. The moment that he knew that he was a part of this in any way, if he was even out with him that night and someone lost their life that night, that player would be gone. Brandon Miller is there because he is the, maybe the best player in all of college basketball. Nate Oates can make that decision all he wants. Someone above Nate Oates, an athletic director, the school president, someone needs to step up and say, these guys aren't a part of the program anymore. That sucks for Alabama basketball yeah, fans. Yeah. It absolutely sucks. But there is more to this than just the basketball season for Alabama. You cannot – I'm not one to automatically say you've got to boot this guy off the team or do this or that. I don't know how you get around this. You don't. They, they have to be gone out of the pro. They have to have played the last second of Alabama basketball that they've played as of right now. And right now they're scheduled to play against South Carolina. Wednesday night at South Carolina, they will blow them out. They'll probably blow them out even without Brandon Miller. Doesn't matter. You cannot Nate Oates can Nate Oates is a great coach and he's done great things at Alabama. This cannot be the lasting thing with Nate Oates yeah. this season that these guys continue to play. This is an awful story and I can't even begin to describe the level of bombshell this is. It's crazy. Trey Wallace will join us in roughly 10 minutes. We'll dive deeper on this discussion uh, and get his assessment of everything that went down in the court proceedings that have just surfaced uh, through the papers there in Tuscaloosa. John McClain joins us uh, a bit later in the show at about an hour and a half from now. All the NFL headlines as we do with John every Tuesday. Ryan Wood, the Packers beat writer for USA Today. A lot to discuss with Ryan involving Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And Bob McGinn saying that the Packers are done. They're going to move on based on how he would assess what the Packers would be thinking internally. Dane Bradshaw, friend of the show and SEC Network analyst. He's with us in hour number three. Chad, transitioning to on the hardwood, you're saying that college hoops is an old man's game now. Yes, it is, Hutton. Uh, It is an old man's game. You think college, normally you think youth, right? Well, it's not just players who are getting older because of the COVID year that they have with 23-year-olds playing. And we see it in March all the time. There's a team with a veteran backcourt that goes on a run deeper than we expect because that veteran presence. It's more than that right now. And uh, a big part of it is the coaches that are winning in college basketball are really, really old. There's not a lot of young, wunderkin coaches out there that are just destroying the world of college it's not, basketball. It's not like college football. I looked at the top 20 teams in the latest AP poll and every single head coach. The average age of those head coaches, 56.3 years. The youngest of the coaches in the top 20, 45-year-old mm. Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart feels like he's been coached for 20 years. Yeah, and he looks 30. When you go back to his teams at VCU, right? Yeah, and he looks 30. Yes. <laughs> Second youngest, Nate Oates, 48 years old. Outside of that, 50s, 60s, 70s. 
Oldest coach in the top 20, Jim Laranega at 73 at Miami. Youngest, 45. But the, my takeaway is this is a sport that is still dominated by the coaches. The established, winning, long-time successful coaches run this sport, and it's evident in the top 20. And we, Chad, we, where would that average be had we not seen some coaches recently retire, step down, you know, due to whatever may be going on internally or name, image, likeness, uh, transfer portal, and everything else that's burnout? Well, I think of some of the teams, you know, I think Hubert Davis is in his early 50s. North Carolina's been a huge bust. John Calipari, Kentucky's not yeah. ranked. Normally, they'd be a top 20 team. He's an older coach. Uh, John Shire's very young. Bayheim. Right? Yeah, Jim Bayheim's not in the top 20. John Shire's very young, but Duke's not in the top 20 right now. So it, it is remarkable when you go through that list of teams and just start to see how it really is a coach's game in college. Maybe not as much in college football now, the way we're seeing things trend. But in college basketball, it's all about the coach. You get the right coach, the established culture that has recruiting ties, that has been there and done that time and time again, you're going to have a pretty consistent, successful program nine times out of ten, and that's where we are this year with college basketball. Pretty much all the contenders are led by old men in college basketball this year. Chet, also, the, uh, uh, Mick Cronin says that the NCAA selection committee, sticking on the college hoops, uh, punishing the Bruins for leaving the, the Pac-12 based on the recent seedings where they're at a two, and they would be headed to New York City instead of playing in Las Vegas in the West. They would be headed to New York City, which would be in the East, and he feels like they're being punished, and that's the sign from the NCAA committee because they're moving out of the Pac-12. Does the NCAA committee not like the Big Ten? Well, I'm thinking... When I heard that, I'm thinking... But let, let, hear me out on this. Do, you, do we really think the NCAA selection committee is somehow in cahoots with the Pac-12 over the Big Ten? <laughs> hey, the Pac-12 well, hates that you're leaving, so we're going to penalize you. You're going to a bigger, more powerful conference within the NCAA. Going to be coastal. So if anything, Both that should help your standing with the NCAA selection committee. If you want to play you know, big brother conspiracy theorists and all, all of this, think about who would the NCAA be in bed with more? The Pac-12 or the Big Ten? It'd be the Big Ten. So why would they care? It should help your seating that you left for a better conference, not hurt it. How many people from the West Coast are on the committee this year? That's the other thing. Maybe he's alluding to that. He didn't give me any details here. He was just kind of like, eh, you know, read between the lines if you want to. But the uh, the recent seedings that came over three weeks away from Selection Sunday, um, we've got, we got some time here. Um, yeah, he's saying, reading between the lines, he can tell that it's not going to be uh, an easy path. He says it's comical. I know he was asked about it, but isn't it a little bit too early to start having these gripes from coaches? I feel like this usually gets cranked up around conference tournament yeah. time where coaches start petitioning. Yeah. You know, John Calipari is going to go on There's all the ESPN of, shows yeah. and give his case for why there should be a four seed in the tournament based on their schedule and how they got better as the year went on. But we usually wait a little bit longer to start start talking about – not us in the media. We talk about it all year. But coaches don't start talking about this until the very end of their regular season. That last game of the regular season going into conference tournament, you start to get those questions about what you need to do in your conference tournament to get in. But the coaches also know, and like we all know now, I mean, that the bracket is pretty much filled out going into that weekend, oh, yeah. right? 
And a year ago, I don't think it mattered one bit what nope. happened in the conference tournament, unless Texas A and M won. Well, right? that's a, it's a great example. Is the game tonight? Tennessee and A and M. Tennessee beat Texas A and M in last year's SEC championship right. game. I don't think anything A and M did in that that tournament, beating Auburn, beating everyone they did to get to that spot, mattered at all. I don't think Tennessee. Tennessee going on a run and winning the SEC right. and beating Kentucky in the semi and beating a none of that mattered for their seed. They were a three seed, no matter what, locked in going into that weekend. And I, I think he's reading between the lines on, we're being locked in to whatever this might be, and they're putting but us on But it's not the because Coast. they left for the Pac-12. Like That may very well be the case when we get to the conference tournaments, that they're already yeah. locked in to a seed, but I do not buy Mick Cronin's point that it's because they're leaving the Pac-12 again. If the NCAA selection committee is siding with anyone, it's not the Pac-12. It's the Big Ten. So they would side more with UCLA for getting out of that conference and going to help the Big Ten. Hit us up on social at Outkick360. Coming up, Trey Wallace joins us. We'll dive a layer or two deeper into the Brandon Miller uh, latest down in Tuscaloosa, where, according to law enforcement and testimony at a preliminary hearing today, provided the gun that was used in the capital murder charges against Darius Miles and another person um, in the killing of a 23-year-old single mother. We'll ask Trey about this and everything else that's been testified to to this point. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton Withrow with you. Joined by Trey Wallace, Outkick.com, SEC reporter. Trey, the news about an hour or so ago with the law enforcement testimony down in Tuscaloosa involving now Brandon Miller as the one who provided the gun, that brought the gun to the scene for Darius Miles, who is a former teammate of his, now charged in capital murder uh, of a 23-year-old single mother. Um, crazy developments, and even crazier, Nate Oates' comments saying that Miller's in no trouble at all. I am. It takes a lot for me to be shocked by what a head coach in college athletics or NFL or anybody says nowadays. Um, after reading and now listening to Nate Oates' comments, I'm I'm flabbergasted by it. I, I I I'm shocked. I'm wondering why he felt that those were the right ways to uh, establish something for Brandon Miller. Meaning, okay, okay, we, he says we don't. Okay, we don't know everything that goes on after practice with all of our players. That's what he's saying. And then he says, you know. Um, what's going on with him, you know, he pretty much saying he's not a part of it and there's not going to be any legal trouble. We've known about this, by the way. So he's good. I am, um, I'm floored because it caught me off guard. So the testimony today from the law enforcement says that 
Brandon, I know you guys have talked about this, but Brandon Miller was with the group and whatnot. His car was at the scene. His car was actually shot up during the incident and that he was the one that had the gun. So he had the gun at first. And mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm going over this just like you guys are. But it was then Darius Miles who texted him and said, hey, man, okay, you do you have the weapon? And it was in Brandon Miller's vehicle. So they went and got the gun out of Miller's vehicle to use then in a drive-by that turned into a murder. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, and I'm from the state of Alabama, okay? We have some crazy-ass gun laws in the state of Alabama. I'm not going to deny that. But I have no way in my mind I'm thinking if a if the police know that a person provided a weapon, and I don't care if that weapon was being used for protection uh, on the strip, I, I, don't, I don't care what it was for, just to carry around. But then that weapon is used in a murder. That right there, I don't know how the state of Alabama did not figure out a way to bring a charge. And maybe there's something I don't know. I'm going off what I listened to. I'm going off what I'm reading and going off what I've texted a couple of people back home in my state that, that are involved in law enforcement. And I just can't put my finger on it. I can't. And, and, and Nate Oates' comments, you know, he also mentioned, too, that they would have, you know, some NBA scouts are going to want some details on this incident. So that's how far along we've gotten into this. Yeah. That Nate Oates is now thinking about NBA scouts when it comes to Brandon Miller and his gun charge or not gun charge, but gun incident, Jonathan. Yep. And I, I just to reiterate, this is something that Nate Oates is saying they've known about. This is not new to them as we hear this testimony and we read it, the, the details of this. They've known about this, it appears, since January 15th. It's February yes. 21st. And well, we're looking yeah. at the, potentially the number one seed in the NCAA tournament because Brand, but Brandon Miller has started um, 27 games for Alabama this season. There was another player, right, also a part Jayden of this. Jaden Bradley, who's averaging yes. about 28 minutes a game, is one of their starters and one of their he's averaging eight points per game for yeah. Alabama. Is another player. So it's, this isn't just a decision moving forward. This is a decision that they've made middle of January when this when the shooting and. and Murder happened. And Trey, not only that, they, they blocked the vehicle in. The, the, the statement goes on to say that it was their cars blocking the Jeep where they couldn't get out when uh, the other guy that was with Miles shot into the car and shot them up. And when you read the full report, it doesn't read just like, oh, he just retrieved the guy's gun for him. It reads like he handed him a gun knowing what he was going to do and also blocked in the vehicle that was shot up. Um, I what is going on with Alabama basketball that this is in any way acceptable? And how, if I'm a parent, am I reading this quote from Nate Oates and thinking, that's a good place to go for my son to go play when the head coach is saying, well, we don't know what they do when they go out. You know, boys will be boys, essentially. He's done nothing wrong. I mean, come on. But Chad, here's what stands out to me, brother. When he says, we knew about that, can't control everything, everybody does out everybody does outside of practice nobody knew that was going to happen what wait a minute 
What are you talking about? Nobody knew that was going to happen. Like, how did you know what was going to happen? Brandon Miller's telling you probably, hey, listen, I got a text message. They needed my gun. It was in the back of the car. I don't, I don't know what Brandon Miller's talking what, what can you say to your head coach, but also not just the head coach? What can you say to law enforcement? What can you say to do the compliance department at Alabama to anybody that asked the question? Hey, man, what? What were you doing with a gun in the back seat? Okay, you do you have a carry permit? Okay, you're good. Okay, that's fine. You can have a gun. Wait a minute. But why did you go and give the gun to a teammate? And then also, you know, I I start, Chad, I know what you're talking about with the vehicles being blocked in. And it, you know, I'm trying to read into that a little bit because it does say that the shooter came through and shot through the Jeep's front vehicle, driver's side vehicle, which then two shots actually hit Brandon Miller's vehicle, his Dodge Charger. So as you as you line it up, you just have to think about it this way. There's a Jeep right here in front. The shooter's coming in, shooting to the Jeep. Behind that Jeep is Brandon Miller's vehicle, who took some shots that, unfortunately, you know, that didn't hit the people inside the car, and I'm just, I'm blown away. How, how as a parent, do you explain that? And if I am, and this is just me, I'm just saying it. If I'm the defense attorney, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, why isn't the guy that gave the weapon over mentioned that it was loaded? Why is he not being charged with anything? Or how can I bring him into this case to show, okay, he provided the weapon. So there has to be something against him. Like this is the, 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 that might be the dumbest quote I've heard from a college coach in a very long time involving a shooting, involving a murder, involving one of his players with a weapon, you know, in, in the fact that he wasn't, here's another thing. The fact that he wasn't even suspended like a game, you know, maybe he had to run some suicides in practice. What are we doing here as a society where we think that it, okay, I, even if you had a permit, like what are we doing as a society thinking, okay, yeah, go, go hand that gun over to a teammate just because he texts you, maybe that they feel a little bit threatened. Look what happened. Somebody lost their lives. Two players now, former players are now looking at a very, very long sentence in prison. Their life is, is ruined. You got Brandon Miller over here. It's his gun, but we can't charge him with anything. I'm I'm blown away by the state of Alabama. Look, Trey, I, I have to believe that a president or an athletic director or someone above Nate Oates at the university is going to step in and say, no, that, that statement's not good enough, and we're going to have to do a lot more than that in this situation. But I also thought the same thing about Jermaine Burton, uh, and Nick Saban was able to defend him. Uh, you know, kind of silent to sit him, I think, maybe for a short time, but not really, and then move on and say the guy didn't really do anything wrong and no one above him said anything about it. This is a completely different situation and far worse. I'm not trying to equate the two. But my point is, what is the – I guess my question, what exactly is the university culture at Alabama that would allow both head coaches to seemingly do whatever they want and not issue punishment – even if we see and we know things should be done from the outside looking in. There is a power culture in the state of Alabama that I know all too well, 
when it comes to head coaches in football, when it comes to coaches in the past, when Alabama basketball was good. Um, there is there's a problem right now where they are looked upon as the biggest enforcers of what goes on in the state of Alabama. Okay. Biggest influencers maybe is, is the better way to put this. I think looking at this situation right now and the power structure and the way things are, are playing out, like, do I, do I think that like the DA came to Nate Oates and said, Hey man, your, your star player was involved in this. I'm going to try to figure out a way to get, get him out of this or he'll be good. No, I don't think that happened, but I do believe that there is at times some preferential treatment that is given to athletes or, or to anybody that maybe is associated with higher ups in state universities like Alabama. Okay. And I, so you're, you're, and I forgot the name of the player and it's slipping my mind and I'm sorry, but years ago, there was a player at Alabama, an Alabama football team who had a loaded weapon in his car. It was the state of Louisiana. He also had marijuana in his car. Nick Saban didn't suspend him or anything. Um, he got arrested in Louisiana, came back to Alabama, wasn't suspended, anything along those lines. It was pretty much like it didn't happen. Um, then you have, you know, what was the latest that kind of happened? You remember the Pete Golding incident? when it came to his DUI in Tuscaloosa, like we got an apology out of it, but was it on the record that he lost any kind of pay or anything like that? Was it brought out to the public that there were some kind of consequences and punishment for him? No. And I'm not saying this is the only, only the state of Alabama. Okay. This happens all across the country when it comes to big time universities. But the problem is the university of Alabama has been put into the spotlight lately. And I look at this situation, I thought I thought it was bad at first, and murder is horrible. A young lady lost her life, and that is absolutely terrible. Uh, the PTSD that will come with this from the whole incident is terrible. But now you add on to the fact that you got a you got another person to, to take the fact that he's a basketball player. You got another person that literally handed them the gun. And that person's not being charged in some way with the murder. What does that tell you about the way things are going on in that state? Trey Wallace, uh, you can read his work at outkick.com and he will join us on Thursday as well. Trey, thank you as always, man. Good perspective. And uh, we'll continue to read the updates on this story at outkick. Good stuff, Trey. Absolutely Thanks. guys. You have a good afternoon. Thank you. Yeah, man. There's uh, there's Trey Wallace there. Um, yeah. And so my miles, the other shooter, uh, or the other one charged, I should say, has admitted to providing the weapon at the scene, but now Miller has been implicated through the testimony of law enforcement saying that he was the one that brought it to the scene. And it was Miles uh, that admitted to, you know, making sure the weapon was there. Yeah, it, that's, a, that's a good clarification. It, it's not Miller's gun that was used in the murder. Right. It's Miles' gun that was brought to Miles by Miller, uh, what's a little bit unclear was, did he go to his apartment and get the gun for him, or did he have it don't, already? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds to me like he was holding his gun, or he had it in his vehicle, or had it for whatever reason, and he was bringing it to him, knowing you know something was obviously awry. 
when you're bringing someone a gun downtown in, in that situation. Miles asked for the gun. Miller brought it, provided it to Michael Davis, who allegedly used it to murder the 23-year-old single, single mom. Uh, last name's Harris. Jamia Harris. Um, yeah, so th- those are the details as we know it right now. And again, Nate Oates, the university, they've known about this, according to the coach, since January 15th. So, you know, it's not just a today statement. They've been behind the scenes fine with playing the two other players uh, based on the details of this. And for, I mean, as it goes with law enforcement, they're also okay with whatever statement, whatever information Miller provided in all of this to not even bring any type of charges. So we'll see what comes of it. It's just now starting, Chad, because the information coming out where prosecutors are now providing information at the preliminary hearing to move it in front of a grand jury. And they've been held without bond. They're trying to get bond. And the judge is going to take it back to chambers and decide for decide what's going to happen moving forward. No decision was made on that today. Yeah, and separate of criminal charges, you know, Trey was bringing up and everything else, he's not going to be charged with anything criminally. Right. The police officer said as much, and I'm not pushing for that in any way. There's a separate uh, statute here in terms of being a player on a university's team. I, I just, to me, it's very simple to say, if you're involved in any way in the murder of someone, it's weird that I'm even having to say this. Yeah. And you play at a major university, you're not playing sports for that major university anymore. Period. Open and shut. Done. You handed someone their own weapon and they, they used that to kill someone or someone they're there and you're at the scene. Well, you're not playing sports for that university anymore. That, that, this is not a cancel culture situation. That's just common sense to me if I'm running a program hey, you can't be at this university anymore. We wish you luck in the future. Good luck explaining this to NBA GMs Mm -hmm. as you get ready for the draft, but we're not going to have that, and I don't care if it costs me some wins down the stretch if that's the case. But what Nate Oates did was, hey, we got the quote here, right? Um, I can't watch these guys all the time. You know, We knew about it, and uh, it's not, not a big deal, basically. And they continue to play. And you're right, Hutton. I keep thinking, man, someone's going to step up and be an adult here that's over Nate Oates and suspend him or do something. The likely scenario is they're not because they already knew about it. Yeah, this has been going on for over a month. Unless this is a total surprise to the university in some way that Nate Oates didn't share with them this part of the whole story and they're just now getting this also. That would be the only caveat to them possibly stepping in and doing something separate of Oates. And Oates, he said, I'm sure NBA scouts will ask they do their homework. I think the article that it came out in also stated that Brandon has been interviewed and they're comfortable with everything that happened there. Uh, SEC's leading scorer and a tremendous player. Um, what, top five pick in the NBA draft, most likely. That's the expectation that he's headed pro. And he's averaging, what, just under 20 points per game right now for the Crimson Tide. who are not number one in the country currently, but projected to be the number one overall seed when it's all said and done. Yeah, on three sports, and this just puts it all kind of into context in one simple tweet, I think. They said, Nate Oates on Darius Miles texting Brandon Miller for the gun used in the killing of Jamea Jonay Harris. Quote, college kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. To which everyone that covers sports is retweeting, basically saying, yikes. Yeah. From that statement right there, based on what happened. College kids are out. He's not in any trouble. 
Not good. Not good to say wrong place the wrong time. It's way more than that. Hit us up with your thoughts on social at Outkick360. You can join Chad in the chat as well on YouTube. We hope you'll subscribe while you're there. Coming up, Dabo Sweeney. He says that Clemson's players aren't all in for the expanded college football playoff. We'll discuss next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. John McClain will be with us coming up in about 45 minutes. Looking forward to uh, that conversation, as always, with the top NFL headlines of the day. Welcome back. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. Hutton Withrow with you. Uh, Chad, Dabo Sweeney, head coach, of course, at Clemson, says that he pulled his locker room whenever they were discussing college football playoff expansion and that uh, the players weren't really for it. He says that it bothers him that they didn't listen to his feedback whenever they ask for feedback from coaches about, you know, what players may want or not want in regards to the expansion. And he was on with Greg McElroy, the podcast, uh, The Comeback. Quote, I'm all for expanding the playoff. Great. Got no problem with it. But I want to do it in a way that's healthy for the player. And what bothers me about the expansion of the playoff is when all of this was coming out a few years ago, we were kind of given a charge by our commissioner to go and talk with our team and ask them, hey, is this this is what's coming down the pipe. Here's what it's going to look like. What's your feedback? And he goes on to say, I met with my team and I'll never forget it. I was kind of laid it out there for him, for them. And I said, here's where we are. They all looked at me like I was crazy, like I had three eyeballs. And he goes into what it would take to win a national championship, meaning, you know, you advance and you play Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, what have you. But the quote at the end, so the interesting thing about the whole dynamic to me, when all of that was coming about, I gave the feedback, but nobody listens. That from Dabo Sweeney. Let me translate what Dabo's saying with his comments. Um, we don't like this because it's not best for what's us, what's best for us here at Clemson. That's the only reason we don't like it because we've been in most of the playoffs. We've won multiple national championships with the old format. We're in a terrible conference that sets it up where we can probably go pretty regularly, or if not, we're going to be right there looking into that four-team deal, and that gives us the better chance. Dabo, they listened to your feedback. They heard your feedback. And guess what the other teams in the ACC and every other conference outside of Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State said to this? Yes, bring it on. Everyone else said we want an expanded playoff because it's better for us and it's better for, most importantly, Dabo, better for the sport itself, not what's best for you. This is ridiculous crybaby BS that he says they didn't listen to my feedback. Just because they don't do what you want doesn't well, mean they didn't hear it. What do you think the rest of the ACC said well, to this the, the, the biggest, outside of Clemson? The biggest uh, you know, 
we want your feedback. No, it was, we're going to do this because we're going to make billions with the expanded college football playoff. Deal with it. For years, years and years, it was, you know, the the student athlete and the taxing of travel and missing class. When's the last time you heard anything about that? You don't. You hear about it from Dabo because it affects their chances of winning the national title. <clears throat> and that's really the only reason. Yeah, but I mean, the, uh, uh, those up top, the high and mighty that didn't want players to get paid for their name, image, and likeness were touting that, oh, we can't, we can't do this or that. We can't expand certain things. You know, the BCS is good. We can't have the playoff because of the taxing schedule. We'd be adding some games and, you know, the players, you know, we, we they, they need time off too after finals. They need to be able to st- None of that comes up now. And so the idea that anybody dare come back with feedback that they didn't want it, yeah, of course it's going to fall on deaf ears. Yeah, well, look, the people that came back with feedback that was legitimately saying what you're saying that – hey, this is too taxing on our academic schedule and right. we don't want to play that long into January and all those things, that probably was going to be ignored no matter what. My point in this, what Dabo's saying, I still believe the majority of other programs said, yeah, we'd like to have a chance every so often to play in the playoff also. So we're well, for expanding the playoff field. The only ones who probably wouldn't be is a Clemson who's got a nice route into the playoff most years. And I get it. But a better If I'm a Clemson now. fan, I probably don't want to expand the playoffs. Yeah, but a better right now, uh, a route, because uh, this past year is a great example. They'd be in the playoff, but they missed out because they lost at the end to South Carolina. Yeah. But they, they were, but they were the four seed. Yeah, I think with them, it's less about getting in the playoff and more about winning a national title. And it's like you games. said, you know, well, we're, now we're going to beat Alabama and then Oklahoma and then Ohio State, you know, or whatever it is to win it all. I, this sounds really uh, crass, but I don't think that Dabo Sweeney cares at all about this season because he only cares about the ones where he's in that top four. And they were bad this year. And they were right there with a win in the last week, and they're, they're in. Now, I do. Or right there to possibly be in the playoff with a not a, they're yeah. not bad, but not a great Clemson team right. this year, and they got to have a chance. So. I don't think he would be that interested in even playing in the playoff this past year, given their team. Well, and here's... I do think that what he's saying is an agent type of line here from the NFL perspective. You mean to tell me we got to start in July and we're going to finish later in January? Oh, you just beat Bama, now go play Georgia, or you know, beat Ohio State, play Alabama, now you got to play Georgia. And these are guys that have pro aspirations... And until you've been through a season of 15 games at this level, it's hard to really have that perspective. Um, that sounds like someone that's trying to get a player to opt out. That way you don't have the injury in the bowl game. Right? Like yeah. That sounds like an agent, not a coach, is what I'm saying. doesn't sound like a college football coach saying that. He's, recruiting, he's trying to recruit for the, the, the next level, the four and five stars. I mean, the best players are still going to the top schools that are going to be in this playoff. You know? Yeah, it absolutely. And it's such a weird time that we're in that these even the most powerful college football coaches are sort of serving as both head coach slash dictator slash players NFL agent. Con- yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to to play the game, you gotta act like you're all knowing yeah. and all caring about their load management to get into the NFL in order to secure the best, most talented players in the country, which would not have been the case even ten years ago. I opened the show talking about how the aged are dominating college <laughs> basketball, the established yeah. guys, right? Yeah. 
college basketball, and I think in part because there's the one-and-done scenario with it, um, these college basketball coaches can serve as dictators a lot of times because they get the guy for one season. right? If this was a three- or four-year commitment, it's probably not the same. But the strongest college basketball coaches I do think have a little bit more say at times with a smaller group of, of players as well that helps. You don't see that even as much with the most powerful players. This just doesn't sound like Dabo. This isn't a my way. The same guy who requires you, if you commit verbally to their school, to not take another visit yeah. is now acting like he's their NFL agent in all matters and that you know we need to make sure they're not playing in the late January so they can get ready for that combine. I mean, what a wild time to be alive. Coming up uh, 25 minutes or so, John McClain will be on the show. Ryan Wood, who is the Packers writer for USA Today, he'll be with us in about an hour. We'll dive into the Aaron Rodgers saga from the Green Bay perspective, the Packers perspective, and what management there thinks about their veteran and uh, future for their quarterback. Dane Bradshaw also with us today in our number three, SEC network analyst. He uh, has a lot to discuss across the conference, and he'll be on the call later this weekend for the Tennessee matchup against South Carolina. Just getting started. We'll lead off the headlines when we come back with Will Levis. Speaking of the SEC, one of the top quarterbacks you in this draft. You know how much I love that guy. Bryce Young, then C.J. Stroud and Will Levis. Or is it? Vegas thinks that it's not going to be uh, as easy or, or clean cut as it might seem with Bryce Young at the top. We've got details there. And plenty of reaction to the news out of Tuscaloosa where Brandon Miller, top player in the country, five-star recruit, leading scorer in the SEC, Law enforcement testimony today at the preliminary hearing involving the capital murder case says he's the one that brought the gun to the scene back on January 15th. Details next on Outkick 360.